Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. We are waking up the world and making suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past using the power of positivity. And we are about to take you on a journey into your own happiness and into the genetics of happiness and how to turn on your happiness genes with Ariane Thomas. So without further ado, Ariane, you are just hiding out and I want you to work some magic. There you are. Ta-da! Ta-da! It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that we can have this kind of conversation across miles. Where are you today? I'm in Northern California. And I'm in Southern Florida. It's about as far apart as you can get and stay in the continental US. Right, and isn't Zoom wonderful that we can make these connections across the miles and we can connect with everyone in the world and share some of these really essential messages that are going to help people in their daily lives. Well, that is certainly the goal because the daily life is the only life you've got. Mm-hmm. We can't live in the future. We've got to stay in the present. So let's see, where are we going to take this journey? We're going to take them first into getting to know you. you know, when I met you, you were doing something I had never, ever, ever heard of before. <laughs> and it has led you into working with genetics and, and happiness. But Tell us about the journey. Take us there. Okay. Um, When I met you, I was talking about doing ancestral lineage clearing. And this led me to epigenetics, which we're going to talk about today. And I work with people to connect with their ancestors to help clear out unwanted generational family patterns. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that here today. And this means that we often inherit um, family beliefs and family difficulties from prior generations that continue to influence our present lives. And they interfere with our happiness and our joy in multiple ways, our health, our relationship, our finances. And sometimes we work and we try and do activities to clear things out and we're going, you know, I'm just stuck. I don't know what else to do until we look at these underlying family belief systems and go, you know, this isn't mine. This is what my parents believed, what my grandparents believed, and what we inherited. And that's the work that I do generally. And when I started out doing this work, it's like, "Mm, we got to get rid of this old stuff that's really burdening us. And then what I found out is that it's in our genes it is actually carried in our DNA. So it's not just what we heard growing up. It's not just what we experienced because there's been you know, a lot of work done on, if you remember what kind of car your family drove, whether you right. went out to restaurants, what kind of restaurants, you know, what kind of jobs your parents had, that you could figure out pretty much what your patterning had, mm-hmm. had income. Well, what you're saying is it's not just what we experienced. 
No, it's in our genes. It's in our gene patterns. And there used to be this belief that our DNA was set in stone. Yeah, your DNA is your DNA. It's what gives you the color of your eyes. Right. But we have found out in the last 20 years since the Human Genome Project and all these scientists have been studying our genes that we actually have control over our genes. And what I want to talk about today is the scientists have actually identified happiness genes. Okay, now, we, now, now I'm curious. They, how did they identify ha- happiness genes? Right. Okay. Um, this is cool. Scientists have now mapped the human genome. They have now mapped all of the DNA, you know, the double helix that we learned about. They have mapped our genes. Now we have millions and millions of genes. And so um, each individual package comes differently. Wow. But they've identified um, genes for your eye color, your hair color. Now, let me tell you, it's a lot more complicated than what we're going to be talking about today. Because there are 28,000 genes that um, determine your eye color. Okay. That's, so, that's a lot of mixing of colors. That's a lot of mixing of colors. So we're just not talking about one gene for happiness. We're talking about multiple genes. And when we talk about genes for happiness, we're not only talking about the positive genes, we're talking about what are the negative genes that create unhappiness? What are the negative genes that create depression, anxiety, stress, all of those things that make us unhappy? Now, what, once they identified all these genes, what came out of these studies, which is magic, you were talking about magic a couple of minutes ago, what is really magic is the study of epigenetics. Epigenetics means what lays on top of the genes. What that means is that we all have genes, we inherit our genes from our parents, our grandparents, our ancestors, and it's like, Okay, they're set, right? Wrong. What epigenetics tells us is that we have the ability to turn on certain genes and to turn off other genes. Okay, that's interesting. So how do genes get turned on and off? They get turned on and off by several factors. One factor is our belief system. Okay, I believe that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you were talking about what we, what we were told by our parents. Mm-hmm. Heard growing up from society and culture. And what we believe about ourself, our world, and how the universe works. Mm-hmm. This is a very determinative factor on on our happiness, on our health, on our finances. 
And let me give you a specific example because you were talking about what's my story. Let me tell you about my happiness story. I grew up in a very negative family and I'm sure our audience members can relate to this. My parents grew up in the depression mm. and they went right into World War II, okay? My father was in the war, my mother was a nurse. Talk about tragedy, PTSD. Uh, besides that, there was a lot of abuse in the family, okay? And then I, I came from a family of eight children where there were a lot of financial difficulties. So what did I hear? The world is a scary place. It is terrible out there. Bad things are going to happen. Nothing is dependable. Whatever you have today is going to be gone tomorrow. Nothing is stable. And you have to hold on to everything and you can't trust anyone. That's a lot of negative messages, constricting emotions all the way around. Absolutely, absolutely. And so how did I grow up? I grew up with this whole cloud. I, I feel like Lioness in the Peanuts, you know, cartoons with this dark cloud above me going, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, right? And so, my life was about keeping everything away, keeping the world away, keeping disaster away. How did that work for me? Not real well. <laughs> yeah, because right? if you're trying to keep something away, it means you're thinking about it. You got it. You got it. Okay. And what I figured out later on is that Chronic depression ran in my family. Ah, My father was depressed. I think he had PTSD, although of course it wasn't identified. Yeah. My mother was chronically depressed. Ah. Every single one of the eight children of us was clinically chronically depressed. Every single one of us have been on medication for chronic depression. Mm. Our negative, our happiness genes were turned off. Our depression genes were turned on. Mm -hmm. And so when I learned about this and when my worldview changed to say, you know, the world is not a bad place. The world is not a scary place. If you open your heart to love and trust and joy, the world can be a marvelous place. So where did that idea come from? How did that idea get it, get into this uh, worldview? Yeah, this worldview that was constructed and very tightly constructed of all of these negative beliefs. Well, uh, my, the change in my life came when I connected to spirit. Okay. And... Um, I have to say, when you look at the science involved, when you look at the whole mindfulness movement, the happiness movement, and even the science involved in happiness, mm -hmm. it comes from a greater connection to the consciousness of the universe that is outside of yourself. 
Okay, so connecting to something bigger than yourself, whatever that appears like for, for an individual, just that connection opens the door to this conversation. Right. Okay. Now, that's difficult for a lot of people to get to, okay? You don't wake up one morning and go, gee, I think the universe is a wonderful place, right? Particularly not when you spent years going, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, right? Right. So you don't get there overnight. And so how you turn on your happiness genes is one step at a time. All right. And let me give you a couple of real simple, easy ways to begin. Oh, yeah. You, you, you're not going to get away without giving us a whole bunch of easy ways. Okay. I'm going to give you some very easy way to begin. Awesome. Cool. And At this point, I don't even care if they're easy. You've got my attention. I want to know, what, what do I need to do here? Because I like being happy. Right. And these are easy ways to be happy. Cool. And these are also scientifically based. Okay. All right. Number one, get out in nature. I know we're all in lockdown, we're all sheltering in our home, but studies have shown that you can repair and prevent DNA damage to your genes by getting out and walking in nature 30 minutes, at least three times a week, more is better, five <laughs> times a week, Simply going out and walking in the trees, hearing the birds, seeing the flowers, walking in the snow. I mean, we're in the middle of winter in the north, okay? Uh, so bundle up, get out and breathe fresh air. Nature is the world's and the heart's healer. Uh, studies have shown that... Um, People who have had heart attacks heal faster, better, and more completely by walking outside in nature 30 minutes a day, three times a week. More than any other therapy they get, medication they get, anything else. Psychological studies show that people who go out and walk in nature um, cure depression without medication and better than any medication they have found. So simply getting out of the house and not walking on concrete and parking lots, but in the trees, hearing the birds, looking at plants and flowers and, you know, mountains and oceans and rivers and lakes touches our hearts deeply. Mm -hmm. Cool. It is essential because human beings lived outdoors in nature for millions of years before we ever built these huge high-rise buildings that kept us indoors. Yes, we did. And, mm -hmm. and it's an interesting shift that has happened that now we are spending the vast majority of our time inside rather than outside. And so spending all of your time inside 
could prevent your happiness genes from being turned on is sort of what I'm hearing. It doesn't prevent it, but it helps turn them on. If you get outside, got it. If you get outside. So that if you are feeling isolated, lonely, depressed, disconnected, unhappy, go outside. That's the first step. The second step that is a huge step in turning on your happiness genes is connecting with other people. Ah. And this is where the depression curve has spiraled upward in this last year. This is why suicide rates have gone up in the last year. It is certainly a contributing factor and those rates have certainly gone up. Right. And this is why your show is so important at this time. Because human beings are tribal people. We need human connection. We need heart connection. We need to see, feel, touch, hear, and, and connect on a deep level with other human beings. Mm -hmm. And more and more people are living alone at this time. There are more single people. There are more elderly people who are living alone. And that makes for a feeling of isolation, for a feeling of being lonely, and that contributes to depression. And thank goodness for Zoom. Thank yeah. goodness for social media. Thank goodness for cell phones where we can call people, talk to them. At least hearing and seeing helps us. Yes. The world is going to change because of COVID. And I have to tell you, Jackie, the one thing that I have missed most of all in this last year is hugs. Mm -hmm. Yes, we've been doing lots of virtual lots. hugs. Yes. Good at yes. Yeah. And we're not going to get back to hugs real soon. Um, and it's, it's a little heartbreaking for me, but we'll do as many virtual hugs as we can. There you go. Everybody wrap your arms around yourself. It is a hug moment. And hug everybody virtually in your heart, your family, your friends, your pets, your loved ones, all of those who are near and far, hug them and send them love from your heart. And the more you do this, the more you're going to feel connected because studies have shown that it's not what we feel up here in our heads that turn on our happiness genes. It's what we feel in our hearts. We have more, we have as many, if not more, neurological connections in our heart than we do in our brain. And so when we connect with our heart and open our hearts to the beauty, to the love, to the compassion in our life, mm -hmm. it turns on the joy in our life, the happiness in our life. And when we connect with others, it turns their happiness on too. Oh, I like that idea. Turning on happiness genes could be contagious. It is contagious. It's absolutely contagious. I like this. Because when we're talking about 
genetic influence. Mm -hmm. Like I told you, I came from a very negative household. My parents were depressed. My siblings were depressed. We had all this negativity around us. What that did is it created a vibration and a resonance that affected everyone in the family. When you create happiness for yourself, that vibration resonates out to everyone around you. So that when you greet the mailman, even with a mask on, and you smile, your eyes are smiling, your heart is smiling, your head is smiling, and your smile flows outward to everyone around you. I go to the mailbox to pick up my mail. I see a neighbor. I say, hi, I smile with my eyes, even if I have my mask on. And you know what? I get a smile back. So what we feel, what we exude from our bodies, minds, and spirits affect those around us. Got it. That's really, really important to remember that we mm -hmm. impact everyone around us by how we're feeling. So it's not just about, am I having a good day? It's about, am I bringing the world up or not? Yes, indeed. Let's get to tip number three. All right, I'm ready. I got the first two written down. We've got sure. nature and we've got connect with others. What's the third one? Let's talk about being outwardly focused. Okay. We've been isolated. We have been confined to our houses and we've been inwardly focused because of not being out in the world and not being connected. And when you focus on your problems, oh, I can't see anybody. Oh, I can't get out. Oh, I can't do my job because I can't market, because I can't sell, because I can't connect. You are focusing on your problems. You are focusing on, woe is me. The sky is falling. The sky is falling, right? One of the things that scientists have found is that when you give to someone else, when you volunteer, when you donate, when you reach a helping hand out to others, it creates endorphins in your body and it makes you feel good because you are creating a positive world. You are helping to contribute to a better world outside of yourself. And, you know, I've heard responses that say, well, I can't volunteer because, you know, this place is shut down and that place is shut down and I can't go out and volunteer at the hospital and I can't volunteer here. You can always donate online. Well, like you're doing, Jackie, you're creating this whole movement you can go on social media and contribute your um, time, energy, thoughts. You can reach out a helping hand um, to the homeless 
by making contributions, by making donations, by writing articles, by singing, by, you know, doing whatever your creative talents are, by opening your heart to others that need your gifts. So being outwardly focused is really the activities that go along with opening your heart to others. Yes. Got it. And it may not opening your heart. It's about actually taking the activities. Right. And it may not even be um, to a external organization. Mm -hmm. It may be opening your heart to someone in your family who's in need. Um, And I'm going to, I just want to address something that's coming up in the chat because someone who's recently in grief. Right. And being around loud, happy, clappy, beaming, bright smiles has been really suffocating and is a struggle for them. And so being aware of that is really key. And I'm thank you, Sharon, for bringing that up because we want to always be kind. And so being willing to listen, not trying to happy somebody into being happy. That's not what we're talking about here. No. Not minding our own happiness and being kind to others so that if they want to be around this energy, but not forcing the energy on anyone. So thank Correct. you. And I think that that's a really good distinction and hugs. Okay. Yeah. Sharon, you're absolutely right. Cause it's not about <laughs> being artificially happy. There's a lot of grief in this time. There's a lot of loss in this time. We have lost, we, we have lost loved ones. We have lost jobs. We have lost pieces of our life that we will never get back again. And we need to grieve for those losses. Absolutely. That's and where compassion comes in. And it does. And that's a big piece. So part of focusing outward is about being compassionate. Yes. And compassion is not trying to change someone else. No. Compassion is simply being willing to be there to 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 just, support. Yeah, to support and, and to to know that sometimes just being there. Yes. Enough. Just to listen while they're in their grieving process. I was with a friend today who was grieving a huge loss and I've had losses in my life. We all have, I mean, we can't be mature adults without having huge losses. And I just sat with her and said, yes, I know how you're feeling. It hurts. It hurts. You're, you're braver than I am. I, I, I had to stop telling people that I know how you're feeling just because somebody said there is no way and I triggered a massive amount of anger right because they absolutely needed to own that it was their experience and since I wasn't inside their skin with their experiences and their their history and their belief systems and their attachments they were correct yes know what they were feeling but I could hold a space that says I see you're in pain. Yes. And anger is a part of grief. It is. 
anger is a part of grief and you hold them in their anger. You hold them in their pain. You hold them in their loss and you let them be wherever they are in the process. That's that really cool. that isn't a part of depression. Well, depression comes with grief. I mean, it does come with grief. I was, I was depressed for ages after my husband died. You know, it was it was a tragedy, and we have had multiple tragedies in this in this time, and the only way to deal with it is to be with it, and be with those in their losses. And know how to turn on your happiness genes so that you don't get stuck in depression. Because that was what John was talking about earlier yes. when his dad died or mm-hmm. no, yeah, when his mom died, he got stuck in that yes. of the grieving process. And you know, grief is not a linear process. It's, it's yep. a very much a messy place. <laughs> and if you get stuck, in one emotion, it really does take sometimes a village to help yeah. you recognize and move forward. So for anyone in the grieving process right now, please look for your village. You can find it within our society here. You can find it within all of the speakers and their communities. Find your village. Allow us to be outwardly focused on your behalf. Yes. So you're ready to be outwardly focused again. We know you will be. Sure. And the other thing that you can do, even during that grieving process, is, and this is another step in this turning on your happiness codes. And this is a quiet step that you can do at any time, is look around and see the beauty around you in the moment. Mm. And believe me, the first time somebody told me that, it's like, yeah, right. (laughs) And then I paid attention. Screen out. Right. And then I started paying attention. And it's like, okay, I'll do this. And, And it's like, the sun is shining. Isn't that nice? My cat is here, petting an an animal, a cat, a dog, watching a fish swim, listen to a bird singing. Those kinds of things reduce your blood pressure, calm your nervous system, um, and calm your energy. And when you focus on the positive, I'm warm, I'm dry, I'm healthy, Um, I'm in a beautiful place, I have sufficient food for the day. Um, I always tell people, you know, it's like there's nothing positive in your life. When was the last time you went camping? And when you came back, weren't weren't you thrilled to have a warm shower, to have a stove you could cook on? that you didn't have to build a fire um, and um, to be able to get into clean clothes every day and to do laundry in a washing machine instead of in the creek. If you want to know what to be grateful for, go camping for a week. (laughs) 
And believe me, I love to go camping. I love to sleep out from un under the stars and in the trees and wake up to the birds in the morning. But I tell you, I really do love the comforts of home. <laughs> Being able to turn up the heat from a dial instead of building a fire when it's cold in the morning. Yeah. So when things are looking at their worst, when things are looking bad, Look around you and focus on the positive because there's always something there that is positive. Always something there that's positive if you're willing to look. And that's what mindfulness is about. Mindfulness is being in the present and seeing the good in the present. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness you know, in the present. So this, this is another key? Is mindfulness That's another key. Okay, got it. I'm, I'm trying to make my notes here. Okay. Right. So now we've got a whole bunch. We've got nature, mm -hmm. connect with others, focus outwardly, look for the beauty, focus on the positive. Are those the same? Were they in the same one together? Um, I would say so. You can either break them into subcategories or I would put them in the same category. Okay. Mindfulness and beauty. Um, because when you're mindful, you see the beauty around you. But in addition to beauty, you also see the beauty in the hearts of others. You feel the, you feel the, the goodness in others, you see the um, um, you see the soul of others, yeah. and and the true well being of others, and where you can connect on a soul level. We may disagree with other people on a myriad of things, mm -hmm. lifestyle, politics career goals, whatever, but on a soul level, we're all one. We're all one. We're all one. Yeah. So it's not only physical beauty, but it's also that universal quality of all life in all its forms. Cool. cool, cool. The next step. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. Let's go to another step. I'm ready. Gratitude. Gratitude. And research studies have also shown that when you turn off the negative news at night, and I also recommend you don't wake up the negative news in the morning, but before you go to bed, if you write out a gratitude list mm. of the wonderful things that have happened to you during the day, you sleep better, your mind resets to a more positive attitude, your heart resets to a more positive vibration and cohesion so that you are orienting your whole life, 
your mind, your heart, and your dreams in a more positive form. There we go. So turning on your happiness genes can also turn on more positive dreams. Yes. Got it. And positive health. It creates positive health. Cool. All right. Well, we'll practice that one right now. Everybody can go to the chat and put in one thing that you're positive for. And let's just shift the energy right here, right now for everyone connected on this call and see what happens. So go to the chat, put in one thing that you are grateful for. And all right. So now we've got a list that's got nature, connect with others, focus outwardly, look for the beauty, focusing on the positive and on mindfulness and having a gratitude practice, especially writing out a gratitude list before you go to sleep. Did I get them all? Yes. Cool. All right. What's next? Um, is, well, is that the last one out of the list? Because I wasn't well, sure. I was going to stop there because I didn't want to overload anybody. <laughs> How many more things are on the list? Well, let's see. I had, I had, I have a program called Seven Steps uh, to your turning on your happiness codes. Yeah, Did I get seven there or have I stopped at six? Well, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Depends on how we count. That's oh, I know. Positive. I know one of the top ones, meditation. Ah, okay. Meditation has been shown to actually repair and prevent damaged genes. Now, the reason I um, forget that one is because I have been doing a meditation practice for the last 35 years. So it's incorporated in my life. And when I talk about meditation, it's not that, um, although it can be. Okay, so what is it? If it's not the the ohm, what is it? It's stillness. It's stilling your mind. It's stilling your body. It's going to that place of calm, of peace, of total stillness, so that you are open to the consciousness of the universe. Got it. You are open to all that is. So being still is another way turn on your happiness genes being totally still and this just doesn't this doesn't mean you do it once and 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 you're connected and and it's over long-term meditation practice has had positive benefits for health for mental health for success for positive relationships and for longevity And so meditation, having a meditation practice will improve your life in all areas. That's really cool. All right. And now going deeper with all of this is what you have as a gift for everyone. And I'm super excited about that because everyone has the ability to receive these gifts and to go on a deeper journey to explore this and to share about it. 
one place you can explore and share is of course in the suicide prevention movement in the mm -hmm. VIP page for the show where you can interact with Arian and the speakers. You can also share about this outside of this world mm -hmm. and share it with others because this you know, I've been on a lot of summits and they're like, this is only for you and only if you were here in the room when, when the, and I'm like, no, yes, that's a mental trigger and people use it to stimulate us into action. But I'm more of the share this and do it with others. That that's how you will do some of these things. You will naturally have more connection with others if you share the gifts and the resources with someone else and do them with them. It will meet several of these things that turn on your happiness codes, turn on your, pardon me, turn on your happiness genes all at the same time, simply by sharing the resources and doing the activity with others. So Ariane, this is an amazing group of gifts. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. And can I, let me mention one other thing. So we're talking about teen suicide here. Teens are very vulnerable groups because as we all know, they have raging hormones. Their bodies are changing, their minds are changing. They don't know where they are in the social order and so their life is disrupted. Mm -hmm. If you have a teen in your family, do these practices with your teen. Do your gratitude at the end of the day with your teen so your teen isn't focusing on the negativity in their life. Sit down with your teen and say, okay, this is what I'm grateful for. What are you grateful for? Refocus their life on the positive. Mm -hmm. Group meditation is powerful because when you meditate in a group, all of the energy of everyone in the group is focused on getting to that still quiet place. Help your teen learn to focus on that still quiet place, that positive place where you are all connected. Walk with your teen in nature. And, you know, if they're going, oh yeah, right. You know, it's like, hey, did you see the hawk up there? You know, listen to those birds. What kind of trees do you like? You know, hey, look, the leaves are falling. Hey, look at that snow drift. Get them to focus on what's cool or have them point out to you what they like. So engage your team in these activities and don't just say, hey, let's turn on your happiness codes. Let's go. It's like engage them in uh, things that will change their attitudes, change their focus, and create that positive atmosphere in your family and in their lives too. It's really important. And I'm glad you're bringing that up because as valuable as these things are at all ages, there are different stages of our lives where we just are more vulnerable, especially mm -hmm. to this slide into depressed thinking. So engaging with other people, actually connecting, certainly not telling, but doing with them. 
makes a huge, huge difference. And so I'm really happy that you brought that up, Ariane. And I'm really grateful that you were able to join us on the show. What a wonderful thing. And so thank you for making the time. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Jackie. I mean, um, we have been in a very negative space in this country and in this world mm. um, because of the situation that we've been in in this last year. And we don't need to bring that internally. We can keep our internal system in the, po in the positive, even if the external world is more focused on the negative. So because we uh, have control over the direction of our lives. Okay. These are the practices that actually give us control over the direction And prior to doing these kinds of practices, we were absolutely at risk of bringing that negativity internally. And so that may have happened if you're dealing with, you know, stucking, stuck in depressed thinking, if you're struggling in areas of your life to feel like there's hope, then these are signs that you have internalized the external negativity and so using these seven steps and the other resources from Arion will help you flip those switches back so that you do have control over your attitude. And attitude may not be everything, but attitude is a precursor mm -hmm. to everything else because without it, we don't take action. And so for actions, positive actions to be taken, you need a positive attitude. Turn on your happiness genes. There we go. That's the Absolutely. Message. Turn them on. <laughs> Thank you, Ariane. Oh, you're very welcome, Jackie. It has been my pleasure to be here. <laughs>